in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, the men's basketball season, isn't it fantastic? Isn't it great? Uh, our mood has completely changed so much uh, from August 2021 when we were talking about football to the ramp up of Joey McGuire hire to the beginning of the basketball season was kind of tenuous to now we're just one of the best teams in the country and it's fantastic. And so to talk more about the men's basketball team, I got to bring on Mr. Optimism himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? 15 and 4, 5 and 2 in the conference. You are looking at a strong first season by head coach Mark Adams over many storied coaches. Boy, how is it not hard to be excited about this team right now? My bet is that tomorrow morning, or we're recording Sunday evening after a grand Chiefs win, go Mahomes. Uh, tomorrow morning, I, I expect Texas Tech Red Raiders to be ranked. 11th. 11th. <laughs> Listen, I, I thought for sure it would be a top 15 before. I'm no longer doing predictions. I don't know where we'll, we'll fall. We'll be 17th, but I, I'm predicting <laughs> yeah. 11th. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's been, it's been, he's been absolutely incredible. He's starting to get his, his flowers. Uh, he's been getting his flowers from the Texas Tech fan base for a while, but he's starting to get his flowers from, you know, other, other uh, avenues. Jeff Goodman hopped on the Gambling Gauchos podcast last week. It was an absolutely fantastic episode, actually. Make sure if, you know, Listen to that because that was a really good time. I mean, we've kind of come down on Jeff Goodman quite a bit, but he's starting to see it. He's starting to see the light when it comes to Mark Adams. Um, and and he kind of brought up some of the things that you and I have talked about before, which we were we were concerned whether Mark Adams would be able to recruit. The difference is, is that within one month of Adams getting the job, that was quenched. It just took the other guys months on end to realize just how good of a recruiter and how good of a, uh, coach he was going to be but one thing i talked about at the beginning before the season started was is how important this season was and that all the good when you kind of still see it all the goodwill and all the the success that tech basketball has had the past five six years has all been attributed to chris beard right like it's all been as he's gone everybody's saying oh well that's chris beard i i watched mac mcclung play for the bulls a few weeks ago and the announcers for the bulls even said oh mac mcclung played last year at texas tech under chris beard like that's that's all that success has been hounded to beard. But if Mark Adams had a good season this season, then that success no longer goes to beard. It now stays in Lubbock at Texas Tech. And you're, you're, I've, I've already started to hear of like, okay, well, it's now it's not that Mark Adams has been able to continue the success beard had. It's, no, this is just Texas Tech. This is just their brand. This is just how they do things. And even some people are realizing what we've known for a while now, which is, oh, no, this was actually Mark Adams doing more than it was Chris Beard, at least on the defense side of the ball, more than it was Chris Beard. Yeah, certainly one of the biggest things that you see in coaching changes is the discussion about what the prior coach left the new coach coming in or whoever's stepping up to the plate. And I, that was just not the case. Uh, some pundits are still kind of holding on to that narrative, uh, but that's just not the case when you think about the way that Chris Beard left the program. The coaching staff that he took with him, the players that like had a lot, I mean, we have what, like three, two, three people on the roster whenever it was Adams. You know, like that's not a like <laughs> and the people he's bringing in are the people that are really making the biggest impact. It's not, you know, no, no dice to MSS and um, McCuller, but like like this team has been built like Adams has built this team. There's a reason that Santos Silva stayed. There's a reason that McCuller stayed. There's a reason that these other guys have bought in and we are starting to see 
and I tweeted it, I think, last game, that like a fully healthy Texas Tech team is your favorite team's worst nightmare because this team is like starting to really jive together. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but in this West Virginia game, you see Terrence Shannon starting to wake up again and what he can bring to the table. Like it's on, like, the, it, at its best, Texas Tech is very unstoppable because when you try to switch it up on offense or get like a new rhythm going, Mark Adams is five chess moves ahead of you. It's over. Like it, it's it's very this is very dangerous and exciting Texas Tech team. Yeah, and it's no, because it's, of Mark Adams. Well, this season is is I think it's very reminiscent of 2019, which is it's 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 really the first punch of the mouth for the entire country of like this is our brand and style of basketball. Actually, talking about Jeff Goodman, he before he hopped on the Gilman Gauchos podcast. He was actually on, I don't know what podcast, what the name of the podcast is, but he was on there with Sean Miller. I think it's his his own podcast. He was on there with Sean Miller, the head coach of Arizona. And Sean Miller talked about it. And, and he talked about like their brand and style of play. When you play Texas Tech, you know they're going to kill you on the defensive side of the ball. No matter what happens on the other side of the ball, you know what their style of basketball is. But the worst part about Texas Tech is that uh, for an opposing, opposing team is you know their style of basketball, you know their brand, and you still can't do anything about it. That's the worst. Like That's demoralizing. That's demoralizing to know that we know what y'all do and we still can't do anything about it. That sucks for opposing teams like this West Virginia team. That's late That's late 2010s Texas Tech football trying to stop a run play when you know it's going to happen. <laughs> exactly what it is. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. This West Virginia team, absolutely. Uh, we can kind of scoot into that. Talk about a team that is, I mean, 13 and 5, 2 and 4 in conference now. Not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you can't say, you can't say any, I mean, they're sitting kind of lower in the, uh, conference standings right now but from the best to the worst now it's three yesterday it was like or saturday it was it was yesterday uh two games separated like two wins separated the very the number one and the number 10 in the big 12 like this is a very difficult conference so west virginia certainly has been playing good basketball this year and this was not one that i expected would be any different than it was and that was a complete rock fight yeah, I mean West Virginia. Listen, like again, we I feel like you have to preface this before all of these games. Like they're they're a tournament team, and they're not even one of those tournament bubble teams. Like I think Oklahoma may end up being, or Kansas State may end up being. West Virginia will be in the tournament. Like that's not it's not a question of whether or not they. It's just really depending on what seed they're going to get. But they will be in the tournament. They're a good enough team to be in the tournament. Um, but unfortunately, right now they had a, they have a tough stretch. We t- and we talked about it uh, in the preview or in the last podcast. Like they had they had to play. Now they they. After this game, and, and we'll talk about it, Texas Tech did defeat West Virginia 78-65, and now they're on a three-game losing streak, but it's because they had to play at ninth-ranked Kansas, home against fifth-ranked Baylor, and at 18th-ranked Texas Tech. That's not fair to them, right? No. <laughs> so, no. so they're on a three-game losing streak, but it has nothing to do with them. It's, it's the schedule makers just giving them a gauntlet, and they're, they're having to fight through that gauntlet. So, uh, But this is, like I said, this is a tournament team, but what's more impressive is, is for Texas Tech to come in against a tournament team Play again another really tough and rough first half, right? And then similar to the Iowa State game, just outlast them in the second half and really start to pile on in the in the, the last ten minutes. Yeah, and I think that's something that we can really. Uh, now I will say, it, it, doing doing that in um, or excuse me, the two things that have made the difference, or the one thing that's made the difference in these two games, you know, we had that big stretch. You know, Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and we end up losing it. We drop in that one to Kansas State. Um, 
for any number of reasons you want to hash it out to. But then we get a rest, come back against number 15, Iowa State, 72-60. You can listen to that recap pod. It's great. Uh, and then we get, you know, we get West Virginia, who's again is another one of those teams, kind of like in Kansas State, who has every like has all the pieces to go out and win against any team in this conference. And like you're just expecting, you know, what's that team? The team who starts getting a little too ahead of themselves, like, oh, you've won two games in a row in the Big 12. You might need to be a pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And so, like, uh, you know, because we beat Iowa State, West Virginia was coming to town. You just kind of feel like, I don't, can we keep the momentum? But it's been playing at home, like the home court, and I think Bryson Williams mentioned it, like Texas Tech's home court advantage, it, it seems to outdo itself every single year. Gets a little bit louder, gets a little bit more packed, gets a little bit more involved. One of the best home court advantages in the country, and it shows up because as like no matter how the game goes, like the the fans are still in it, and it's like giving these guys momentum late in the game. And yeah, we have a great rotation. Yeah, we have great strength and conditioning coach, but like this team is thriving off that. And Bryce Williams even mentioned that like this court, like being at home, is just you play differently. I think it's true for any basketball team. You know, playing at home, unless you're Texas, unless you're you know some of these other schools, <laughs> like playing at home, like gives you energy, gives you excitement to go out and. And when Texas Tech starts to pull away, we've seen it multiple times this season, and we have not been used to that. Texas Tech starts to pull away. That's kind of that's a bad sign if you're whoever we're playing. Like it's not that's not because the defense is going to be the same, but now we have the offensive prowess to maintain that lead. The, listen, the home it really is one of the best in the country. Like we're starting to get now to the levels. I think the Raider riot is starting to get to the levels we saw of the, like the the Cameron crazies, the fog out in Kansas. Like we're starting to get to that level where you come to Texas Tech, and it's more than just like. I always, you know, I always go back to remember back in the day when Marcus Smart played at Oklahoma State and he got in a fight with that fan. Yep. I don't know what that fan said. I do want to preference that. Like there's, it made, I don't think that was a situation that made Texas Tech look in the best light. But it used to be that we were like, let's face it, we were kind of jerks, kind of a holes, right? A lot of the times yeah. you hear about Texas Tech fans on both football, basketball, it's not in the it best was our light. Fault. It's usually yeah. our fault. And we're, no, we're, no, sometimes <laughs> I think because of that reputation, some people like to lie. Cough, cough, Gary Patterson. But like, a, but at the same time, even with that, we have earned our reputation. But one thing that's I think been impressive is the fans are out there and they're just rowdy. They're just incredible. They're 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 just rowdy. They're just incredible. The students are rocking. Shout out the the swag surf looked good. I, I can't even hate on the swag surf. On, like the Saturday, the swag surf looked good. Quite see the problem with the swag surf, right? I have compared it. I have heard it compared to the the A and M swag saw them off, right? Which is I look listen. On one hand, it's kind of similar. Like, I can't, I can't front. It is similar. It's the same motion. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But A and M's is very swagless. Like the sawmuff thing is is very swagless, right? So for us, if we're gonna do that, it needs to be had the first of all. You have to have the the the, the warm uh, uh the 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 slow the ramp warm up. up the slow ramp yeah. up. Now I didn't get to see that on TVs. So I don't know if they did that, but you gotta have swag to it. There has to be a little bit of a dip when you're surfing, right? Somebody gave the students a tutorial, obviously, before Saturday's game because it was much better than it was in Iowa State. Right. Good job, students. Good job, Raider Right. Yeah, good job, Raider Right. Somebody gave a little Do tutorial right. beforehand. But Do it no, right, like not the, white. The 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 home court advantage has absolutely been has been absolutely incredible. As somebody who went, attended games in the late 2000s, early 2010s, complete 180 from then. Um <laughs> it's, it's like that, it's not even the fan, the it's not even close from when I was in school. Uh to how they oh are God, now. night and day it's night yeah, and absolutely day. night and day but no it's legit and it's and i i do think it's it's different than just the fact that we're good right and obviously us being good helps 
but it's it's one thing to just be good another thing to really impact the game like and and we'll get into it a little bit later about some of the problems that West Virginia had but um they definitely felt the effects of the crowd in this game so Going into the game itself, and I do want to – you talked a little bit about Bryson Williams, but I really want to highlight the player of the game, which is, I mean, Terrence Shannon Jr. He's back, baby. Yeah, he's back. Why is he back? Like, it's to me, Terrence Shannon – Is this this his first second? Is this this, his third game? His third game back. Back from injury? Yeah, his third game back from injury. And it's really – that's all it is to me, right? It's He's now a little bit more in game shape. You saw – you noticed in the first game especially, he was struggling out there. Back still hurt, but he's more in game shape, similar to Kevin McCuller. Kevin McCullough, when he came back from injury, now Kevin McCullough, it was a little bit easier for him to come back. It's ankle is not as tough as having back spasms, but but it's once you get, you get into game shape, you're good to go. You're 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 ready. You're you're able to do what you've been able to do. And Terrence Shannon, I think this was his arrival of like, yeah, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm back. And well, let's look at the let's look at that progression when he comes back. He Kansas State, uh, you know, he gets 18 minutes. You know, first game back, can't really push him that hard. He gets a basket, no problem. Uh, but he lands three. Uh, he gets three personal fouls. And so that was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, he's trying to do too much on the floor. Then we play Iowa State. He's out there for 27 minutes, so a lot more minutes, but not a lot of activity from him. He's only shooting 33% from the floor, four points. You know, he gets one rebound, but still two two personal fouls pretty early in that game. And you're kind of wondering, okay, is Shannon really feeling, feeling himself? Is he still injured? Well, then we get to the West Virginia game. 32 minutes. Adam says, you know what? You're feeling good. Stay out there. It shoots 58%, nearly 60% from the field. You know, 42% from three, uh, five rebounds, 23 points. The Terrence Shannon that the entire country has been uh, hyped up about, rightfully so, the preseason award list, Terrence Shannon. Like, that's the Terrence Shannon was against West Virginia, who is no slouch on defense. Oh, yeah, no, not at all. Well, I'll say this. this That little step back three he had with, like, yeah, five minutes ago, I'm like, oh, he's back. <laughs> like, he's, he's back. He's feeling himself. He's feeling himself. And that's the guy you want. Yeah. Because no, when we get into the tournament – that's the people you need to step up. Well, so that's the thing is like when it comes to the tournament, I've, I've talked about in the offseason as far as the recipe you need. You have to like, I don't care what type of team you have. I don't care how great you are in defense. I don't care how good of ball movement you have. You have to have that guy you can trust to take over when needed. Last year for Baylor it was Davion Mitchell. They had Davion Mitchell. No matter what, Davion Mitchell was going to be able to do it. Gonzaga had Suggs. No matter what, Suggs was going to be able to do it. When we had our Elite Eight run in 2018, it was Keenan Evans. 2019, it was Jarrett Culver. Right. Last year, I mean, I know we missed it in the second half, but our guy was going to be Mac McClung. And the year before, luckily, the tournament was, I won't say luckily, but the tournament was canceled. We didn't have that guy. It was, it was, we, we, we Jalen Ramsey, Jamias Ramsey was going to be the person for us, but he just wasn't at that level. We, we now know who that guy is for Texas Tech. And he's, he's ready. Like Terrence Shannon is that guy. He's at that level of the Keenan Evans, of the Jared Culver that there's even Keenan Evans talked about it. He tweeted about it in the game. Where it's like he he has all the tools to do what I was able to do in 2018, and so um, that's this team is set. And this was a game where Kevin McCullough didn't have a good game. Adonis Arms didn't have a good game. Right, both very inefficient from the field. But because we have now so many players that can get a bucket, Kevin O'Banner put 18 points, put up 18 in this game. Right, Bryson Williams, like these, we have so many guys can get a bucket if need be if somebody else has a bad game. That though, even though Terrence Shannon doesn't need to be that guy throughout the season, we're we're good, and this was our first really fully healthy game we've had in about a month and a half now, and we went 10 deep. That's one thing that's helped with these injuries is that Clarence Adoni got PT. Adonis Arms got more, more time in the shine. Santo Silva got more time in the shine. So now we can go 10 deep comfortably, and that's dangerous yeah. for other teams. 
everybody's playing. Everybody's playing in your bench. Nearly everybody gets double digits. Nearly everybody gets double digits. And that is something that like, you, yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can like dig up from this because it's so exciting for Texas Tech fans to see such a deep and just talent laden team. Um, and like you said, when you have people like McCuller who, you know, don't really get as active, people that like Adonis Arms, uh, Nadolny, who stepped up in the absence, you know, not being as much on the floor, but playing his role and doing well. Like this team, the depth of it is so incredibly because when we talk about those other seasons, you know, one thing that plagued those seasons in different ways is just like season injury, like injuries throughout the season at different points. It was just like, oh, God, now our whole momentum is gone. Well, we saw that when Terrence Shannon was out, that we have guys that could step up and do that. And now with the full team back, like you don't have to worry. Like there shouldn't be, for Texas Tech fans, there shouldn't be this worry that, ah, something's going to like, Something's going to fall off because if something does fall off for somebody, there's so many other people ready to step up and they've proven that and we've seen it already, which makes Texas Tech such a dangerous team. When you have your, when you have two of your big men, when you got a banner and Williams putting up like double digit, like almost every game in the past four games, double digits, every like Bryson Williams, man, we, we kind of talk smack about him for a bit because he played like smack for a bit but now he's playing tremendous under the basket a completely different form a completely different confidence kevin o'banner just continue like it's not these grand leaps but boy is he just like uh, one step every a little better every game and he kind of mentions it in his post in the conference you know i'm just not gonna get settled like i'm not gonna be comfortable need to keep pushing this envelope need to keep getting better and i think in his mind he realizes he's known as the guy who made that fabulous run he's a big shooter or whatever but he needs to make his game more round because he wants to get to the next level. And so like all these people understanding their role in addition to like wanting to improve themselves. I mean, it's the rest it's the, it's the recipe, right? It's the recipe. Absolutely. And not only that, these last two games are impressive because they're double digit wins over tournament teams and there was no letdown, right? We did the, we like this is we're we're we'll wear you down for about 30 minutes. It's not going to be good basketball, but we'll wear you down. And in the last 10 minutes, it's <laughs> what you going to do? What, what, what you, you going to do? do it's good and then, basketball. And then Tech pulls away. Tech pulls away. Absolutely. So in this game, I will say that it seems like we were talking about the crowd a little bit, but it seems like there was – it's always good. Like our crowd really got into West Virginia skin. And it, it's 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 not good, I should say, but we there was some issues that happened in this game, and it wasn't Tech's fans' fault. Apparently, uh, Damon Kerrigan was known saying some expletives towards the team. Apparently, a lot of the West Virginia players were known saying some expletives, or not towards the team, but towards the, the the crowd, the student section. And we obviously really got under their skin. And uh, that's uh, that home court advantage is definitely something that is going to help us going forward. And um, the best way to really show your home court advantage and show your home field pr- home court pride is to get some swag from home field apparel. That's right. The most comfortable vintage college sports apparel. They just dropped the Cincinnati uh bearcat line and it's it's dope it's really dope but i'm That's a little sweet. listen tech fans like i'm tired of always i get these little notes of and i see on twitter they also post some of like the the people that are getting the most stuff and we're not on there we need to be on them we need to show how wild we get and and especially considering that they have some of the best wide vortex sex stuff that you really can't get anywhere else uh you need to make sure to get that because items can easily be sold out especially uh once you see what they have there so to get this, I mean, these vintage sports apparel, make sure to get on homefieldapparel.com and get 15% off your first order by going in, typing the promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S, to get 50% off your first order. And 
guess what? You get free shipping for any order over 100 bucks as well. So that is promo code TAKES12. That's takes 12 to get that nice old school double T swag. So as we move on, we had nice two nice home games against Iowa State and West Virginia, but it does not get easier, Jeremy. <laughs> we are going into the fall, into I'm Allen Fieldhouse to play the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, we were talking about the fact that we beat two tournament teams. This ain't just a tournament team. This was my preseason Final Four pick. The team that I thought would win the Big 12, they're right currently at the top of the Big 12, 5-1 in conference. They're everything as advertised. They had a game uh, last weekend against Kansas State. They should have lost. Should have lost the game. They had no business winning that game, and it still didn't matter. They still won. Uh, if Tech wants to, sh- I mean, listen, sweeping the Jayhawks is, would be incredible. Can <sighs> they do it? Jeremy, tell me what you think about this game. This game is, this is a don't, this is a, I know we just talked about how excited this team is. This is a don't get your hopes up game for a number of reasons. I think we kind of alluded to them. One, so the Big 12. You start winning a lot. Uh, another key, another team plays the best game of their life and then you lose. Now, I'll say Kansas State thought that they were going to do that against Kansas. And for some reason, they're playing the game of their life and it just falls apart. So, <laughs> uh, that's not good. Um it's Kansas. Also, we're playing in Lawrence. If there's a team in the Big 12 that absolutely does their it does the best that they can not to be swept, it's Kansas. Like that's the team that if you can get a sweep against Kansas, you <laughs> god status. Like put Mark Adams at the top of the coach of the year ballot. Um because you're playing in Lawrence, number 3. Like that is one of the most difficult play we talked about how great home field advantages. There's nothing to do in Lawrence. Everybody's at the game. It's going to be cold outside. They're going to be rowdy and excited, and they have really good players, and they have a storied coach in Bill Self, and like all these things that come together to say there's a reason that the matchup predictor has Texas Tech at 24% to win to Kansas 75 or whatever, you know, because this is such a good team, and this is, and I don't think anybody would look at you crazy even saying now that Kansas has all the tools to make the run deep. And that's just who they are year in, year out. You can never count out Bill Selfie. You never count out the people he's bringing alongside him. Um, Baji, McCormick, like they always have people that can go out and get a bucket anytime they want. And so it's really hard. And so Mark Adams, uh, Barrett Peary, Barrett Peary, all the coaches are going to have to be ready. The, the guys are going to have to be mentally focused because this is going to be, I know that we have that big game coming up February 1st. This will be your biggest game of the season. Because if you can go out and get a sweep against Kansas, first of all, they're ahead of you in the big. They're ahead of the standings right now, but not by. I mean, not not by anything. Five and one in conference, um, and you know they'll have to play an extra game or whatever. You can sneak this by them. Your chances of finishing first or second in the conference increase exponentially because you got to beat the teams. That, you got to beat the big dogs, right? So this game is just this game is insurmountably massive, and I don't I don't expect to win. Well, I, I want to necessarily say this would be the toughest game of the season only because we did already play at Baylor and we played Gonzaga. Like, those are, to me, those are on the evil footing. I don't necessarily think one is more difficult than the other. But oh, I meant going forward. Oh, yeah, fair, fair, fair. This is what's left on the schedule. This is the one. Well, so, but I will say this. Because we've already played Gonzaga, because we played at Baylor, like, I mean, to, to this team, it's kind of like, okay, we've done it. We've been here before. Like, yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, uh, a very difficult game to win. We've been in these situations before. This won't be the first time we're doing this. Funny enough, you know the only team to sweep Baylor in the past four years, or Kansas in the past four years? 
The Shaka Smart led Texas Longhorns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they did it last year. They're the only team to have swept Kansas in the last four years. So, man, I can't imagine a school would ever fire that guy. That's that's just wild. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to be dumb to do it. Uh, apparently, that guy also has beaten five ranked teams this year. Man, I had a, you know, how terrible would that be, you know? Uh, it'd be crazy. I mean, I'm sure if you fire Shaka Smart, you'd have to have like you'd have to be like a top ten the team. The best bet. Yeah, you gotta get a coach for the top. Put your team in a great situation, man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying. Uh, this is gonna be tough. Like, there's really no way around it. Kansas, and we've we've I mean we've kind of talked about Kansas quite a bit, not just previewing the last game, uh, uh, but um, a game which uh, I correctly predicted a win for Texas Tech, and I'm I'm, I'm Continually going to say, last time we Tech played Kansas, I predicted Tech would win the game, and they did. But nobody and predicted us to. What's up? No. Oh, you t- uh, early this season. Yeah, man. I'm I'm still I'm still uh, uh bragging about me being correct. Me yeah, you go right. ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, but uh, but this <laughs> like listen, I, like I said, but in preseason, I had Kansas going to the Final Four. Like this is, I think, one of the best Kansas Jayhawk teams we've seen in a while, and and. Though they've had, and I'm about to say that they've, they times they haven't looked as great. They're still 16 and two, so I'm saying I'm looking at this team and saying, well, you know, they've they've kind of struggled like because they barely beat Kansas State and they struggled because they barely beat Oklahoma. Listen, a win is a win is a win is a win. If you do one point wins all the way to the national championship game, they're still going to call you a national champion. So it doesn't matter how you win this game, and they're finding ways to win this game because they got clutch guys on their team like Ogbaji. Ogbaji does not have – we've talked consistently about how Mark Adams will shut down the opposing team's best player. Guess who he did not shut down last time Texas Tech played Kansas? Ogbaji, right? Like, he doesn't have bad games, so it's going to be really tough for Texas Tech to be able to calm him down. Uh, I mean, who, who else – what else do you think Tech can do to be able to sweep this team? I mean, here's the thing: is that I think if you're gonna if you're gonna walk into Lawrence, Kansas, you have to have a really good game plan, right? And we said that you know last game Adams had a really difficult time, you know, drawing up something for Agbaji because he can go cold for seventy percent of the game, and then for the last thirty percent, he'll just like J up threes and they'll all go in, right? Because it just happens. Like he's that guy. Um, but other people, I mean, Mitch Lightfoot, David McCormick, like you've got. If you're not going to be able to stop Agbaji, for me, what you have to do is you have to extremely limit the rest of the team's effectiveness. Um, and I think last game, somebody that gave us a little bit, you know, a little bit of heart, like palpitations is McCormick and Lightfoot, like their ability to, huh? Sorry, palpitations. Their ability. Is a good word. Yeah, just because of their ability to be devastating under the basket and like just block out and all these things that good forwards do. Well, I will say um, this: that, that, Lightfoot, did, Light, Lightfoot didn't have a great game, but defensively, McCormick was great. Right, defensively, or actually, no, sorry, take that back. Defensively, McCormick had a sh- struggled with against Bryson Williams, and and, right. and Lightfoot didn't have a didn't have a great game as well. And I think Tech did a really good job uh, in the, in the front court in that game. But with, like you saying though, the guy that so I'm saying, these people of, are like the kinds of guys yeah. that are gonna yeah. Well, one they, player they, they, that they, one player that kind of came out of nowhere last game was Jalen Wilson. Like, but dropped twenty. Yes. Like, no, like oh nothing. my god. <sighs> yeah. And, and so I, I think in this game, Jalen Wilson is a guy that that I mean, we'll, we'll remember. Like when you play a team for the second time, things get, you remember certain players. You look at him and say, okay, well, that's the guy that killed us last time. He ain't gonna kill us this time, right? Um, Agbaji ain't gonna be able to do nothing. He had twenty four in the last game. Like it don't it don't matter. Like you're not gonna be able to really stop. 
Yeah, but Jalen Wilson's a guy that only averages nine points a game. Like that's a that's a guy you look at and say, eh, we we're gonna make sure he doesn't do that again. But with that being said, like you said, McCormick and Lightfoot did not have great games and could easily say, you know what, I'm not gonna let that. I can see Miss Lightfoot saying, I'm not gonna get blanked once again. McCormick saying, I'm not gonna let Bryson Williams drop 22 on me again. Yeah. Well, and another person you have to look out for, and I'm sure he's going to be healthy for this game, is Remy Martin. The one guy who's been for Kansas, the big X Factor all season that I know that their fans are just waiting on for him to have his breakout game. And fans are even complaining about how are we not getting him implemented in the scheme? You know, what's the deal here? He's supposed to be this big, uh, this big guy. And he really is like he's a tremendous player. But he's only averaging just right under nine points a game so far this season. And so, like, for Kansas fans, for, I think, national fans, people, fans of basketball are looking at this going, like, why is Martin going to one of the best teams and, you know, struggling? Like, what's the what's the disconnect here? And so, at any point this season, Martin can feel good and everything can click and he can go out and be like an Agbaji. And so, like that's that's another dangerous thing, and I think that's just kind of like the the level, the like the the field here for Adams and company is like, you got to be you you have to play your best game against this team, and you have to play it for the entirety of the game. You can't let up, you can't you know, can't stop, can't have a dry spell. Like it has to be a hundred percent the whole way, because at any point, one of these Kansas guys can go off. Jalen Jalen Wilson did that crap against us last last time, and it it. Spells disaster. And like we're just you're sitting on that when you play Kansas the whole way through until the last buzzer. It's just got you just gotta think that it could go wrong at any moment. Like that's what that's what it means to play Kansas. Yeah. And Remy Martin is coming off of injury. So he's he, he played last game against Kansas State, but is likely still hurt. Uh one guy, and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Christian Braun, uh, who is kind of there, you know, he's 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 the guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and, and can easily drop 20 himself. Um you know, we, and also we don't we don't do really great against like those cold three point shooting white boys. Like that's just <laughs> they kind of come out of nowhere and will drop twenty. Like that's kind of our, our Achilles heel in a way. So, uh, and Christian Braun is definitely some of the best. I mean, he uh, talk about the we're talking about the Kansas State game, but uh, what game did they play before the Oklahoma game? Christian Braun probably mm. is the one that won them that game, right? They, being a sharpshooter out there as well. So, man, I wonder if we'll ever play Oklahoma. <laughs> We're so far into the season. We haven't even played some teams. It's yeah. so funny. So with that being said, Jeremy Gillen, who is the player that has to step up for Texas Tech to be able to win this game against Kansas? Um, Shoot. To step up? Who needs to be the player of the game, I should say? I think you, I think you need to have Terrence Shannon continue that captainship and continue like this, if he's going to go out there and drop, uh, if he's going to go out there and drop 23 points against West Virginia, you know, he needs to go out there and be of like a tour de force. And I'm not asking you for another 20 something point game, but I, I mean, we need to have like 15 plus points and a lot of assists and, um, and you know, rebounds and such like that. Just a complete game from Terrence Shannon so that everybody around him can thrive as well. Terrence Shannon Jr. So I, uh, I do agree. I do agree. He was actually the guy that I have. But the reason I have him in this game is because, if you remember, he didn't play last time they played Kansas, right? And I, I talked about the second time you play a team, you always remember these things. So what Kansas is going to remember is they're going to remember Bryson Williams. They're going to remember uh, Clarence Nadoni. But two guys that they didn't play this year are Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kevin McCullough. They did not play those teams. So Kansas yep. is looking at it and saying, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, this is – this is different. This is new. Like, oh, hold up, hold up. And then Iowa State had the same problem, right? Kevin McCullough had a decent game against Iowa State. Like these, like you're now. It's this is a different offensively. This is a different team than the last t- time you played them. 
right? Hell, Mc- or Malik Wilson, or Malik Wilson did play in the game, but like Daniel Bacho barely played. I think that was his first game back too. Like, so like, this is this is a new team that you're now playing, even though this is the second time you're playing them. So this is, I think that is that advantage. I think Kevin, I said Terrence Shannon, but also Kevin McCullough are really the two guys because they're different are going to be the ones that uh, Texas Tech is going to basically be, and unveil to Kansas. So with that being said, Jeremy Gillen, does Texas Tech win this game in Allen Fieldhouse? Jeremy, how dare you? We've just gone on a whole podcast talking about how one of the best teams in the country, and you are not going to pick them to win? What's wrong with you? Not against not against the best team in the country. <laughs> no, I, I think that I really do expect this to be a good game, but I do think Kansas is playing good basketball the way they closed out against Kansas State um, in their last game. I feel like they have a lot of energy behind that. They're going to be home. Like we said, home court advantage matters. It is Allen Fieldhouse, and if there's one place that might be a little bit better than Texas Tech, it's the Allen Fieldhouse. Um, so I think Kansas, but I do think that it's a good game. I don't think we get blown out, but I do expect Kansas to have a strong finish there in like the last two minutes. So one place I do agree with you in is that this is going to be the toughest game left on our schedule. Like I'm looking at our schedule right now, and the only other road game against a ranked opponent is Texas which won't even be a road game. If you've been watching news recently, that'll be a home oh, game. Oh, they won't be ranked at that point. Well, that'll, that'll be a home. Either way, that'll be a home game in yeah. Austin. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the rest of the schedule actually kind of lines up pretty well. Like, this is this this will legitimately be the toughest game we have left on the schedule. And, you know, the fact that you just picked Texas Tech to, to lose, um, I, I got to agree. <laughs> I got unfortunately I I do agree I I also do see Texas Tech losing this game uh, this is and, and it's not in any way a, 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 a knock on tech right this is not in any I don't think Jeremy or myself are saying that Texas is not good enough to win this game I actually think that the fact that they didn't have Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCullough in the last game is going to really prove advantageous and I can easily see them winning this game it's really tough to sweep the Kansas Jayhawks and then when you're also winning your second game is in Lawrence it's extremely difficult to do so. And so um, going up against a legendary coach like Bill Self. So this is, but I will say that this is a Kansas team that doesn't scare me. They're not as scary as they were to me in, in, in preseason. This is a Kansas team that does definitely struggle to beat some competition, but they're still 16 and two, still very good. It's just what I'm worried. I, got, I agree with you. This is going to be a close game. And I do think we're going to see a situation where it may even be Agbaji versus Shannon with four minutes to go and who can pull it out. And Agbaji has been in these situations a lot lately where he is just ice, ice in his veins. And so, unfortunately, I do think we may end up seeing a dagger with 30 seconds to go from Agbaji. But I hope not. I, if Tech wins this game, like, I only see – I don't want to make a prediction like this because I always get scared of these things. <laughs> um, I only see two losses left for the rest of the season for Texas Tech. Oh, jeez. I only see two. That's it. Like, I only see two more. So that finishes us with six losses on the 24. season. 24. Yeah, like 24 that's, wins. That's what I see from this team. Unfortunately, I see one of those two losses happening uh, this Monday, Monday evening. But I only see, like, that's the rest of the schedule lines up pretty well. And we've already talked about the fact that they don't, we don't really see letdowns. I don't, I don't consider at Kansas State a letdown. That's, <laughs> like, that's not a letdown when you consider the factors that, that were at play. Um, uh, this team really a letdown would have been losing this game to, to, to West Virginia. That would have been a letdown and they didn't do it. They, they, it was a double digit victory. So, um, so we'll see what happens in this game. Very tough game, but this is a game where if Texas tech does win some of the things that we've been talking about when it comes to, you know, 
the this team and being national title contenders, you sweep Kansas. Bruh. Bruh. So the line is Kansas by minus seven. I do think tech covers. I do think tech covers. I'm, I'm going to give, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, uh, give me Kansas to win 70 to 66 or 67. One of those, something like that. But uh, yeah, real close. It's going to be a real close game. I uh, just, it's just, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So um, anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? I would love to come on here in a few on our next pod and just laugh about how wrong we were. I'd love that. But you also can't be upset going one and one with the Kansas Jayhawks, um, perennial top 10 team as they are, uh, especially when that, you know, you're just one for one at home. You get your home, you get, you get the home game and you, you drop your away game. That's never a bad thing, especially against coach like Bill Self. But I agree with Albie. The rest of the the rest of the season, unlike our football team season, uh, the the back half of our season is really heavily slanted in our favor, and I think that bodes extremely well when you think about seeding, when you think about energy going into the tournament. Um, so that is really good news. I think Mark Adams is, um, you know, primed to do something really special with that. So keep your eyes on the television. If we finish the season 24 and six, we're looking at the top two seed, to be honest. So like that's, that would be incredible. Not only looking at a top two seed. I mean, you know, you're looking at a potential big 12 championship. So that's, um, but a win here. Listen, if they beat, if they beat Kansas, they become the leaders in the conference, right? Like they become top dog in the conference and like you said and like we were talking about the back half of the season schedule really opens up for texas tech to potentially win their second ever big 12 conference championship so um yeah like jeremy said i hope we're wrong we've been wrong before uh um actually we've been wrong when both of us have said that tech was gonna lose we've been wrong before so uh i believe we, we go. I, I believe we all said that tech was gonna lose to baylor at baylor so yeah we did we, did. we definitely so, did so yeah here we go so we can very easily be wrong but um, this is choosing them to lose in Allen Fieldhouse has never been a knock on the team that has been predicted to lose there. That's just how they are. But hopefully Tech does it. I do see a path for Tech victory, so I am hope looking forward to it. So for Mr. Optimism, even though he did better, he choose, <laughs> predict Tech to lose, <laughs> Jeremy Gillen. This is Optimistic uh, yeah. loss. This is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. <laughs>